We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Who you do business with is more important than where they're located. Bank from the comfort of your own home with M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory Podcast with Ken Swanson, Craig Stout, and Matt Lane. Coming to you on the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City. You can find all of our channels covering all the local teams wherever you listen to podcasts or on YouTube. Just search KCSN. And now, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. It's a live edition of the Casey Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank member FDIC, our partners in possible here at KC Sports Network. It's been an absolute pleasure working with them. Uh, very much enjoy partnering with Emprise Bank. I very much enjoy partnering with Maddie Lane. Hello, buddy. What a great evening to be a fan of the two-time <laughs> world two-time. champion. Kansas City Chiefs. We finally got the hat in. We got it. It finally arrived. Little yes. colored hat here. We got the gear, and it only took till March like first, second, or something like that before it finally came in. But we're here. Champagne we're ready. problems. We, we we got it. So you know what what a great evening. And then when the combine has started, gotta watch my guy Nolan Smith blow up the combine. Our guy Tommy just come in and say, "Watch out, Kalijah Canty. Let me show you how a real two hundred eighty pound D tackle tests." Like it, it was a good night. Yeah, some some people that we really liked that it's like, man, it'd be nice to catch that guy at 31. Man, it'd be nice to catch that guy at, you know, 63. Oh, man, I hope that we can catch. Nope, that's all gone. Just just <laughs> ride it completely out. That ain't happening anymore. Love this time of year where we start to see the NFL big boards are largely set, but, you know, to see kind of the NFL media and stuff like that catch up with what a lot of these scouts have been seeing and hearing it's fun at this time of year to see some of these guys test like just the absolute insane athletes that they are. Hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. If you're watching, appreciate everybody that is hanging out. Uh, we are going to talk about the combine in its, you know, once all of the results, we'll, we'll kind of have a Monday show to kind of recap that. And hopefully a lot more rumors about, uh, about the Kansas city chiefs. The, the uh, rumor game across the board's kind of been a little slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, code from the mm-hmm. combine. There's not a lot getting out there. I don't know if everyone's kind of because like 
normally the rumors start before. Well, everyone's there just kind of smoozing and it's just, you know, the, the interviews are all that's happening. And then once testing starts, that's where stuff dials down a little bit. But we just haven't, we haven't heard much around the whole league so far. So I don't know if everyone's just waiting for the whole event to be over or what. But yeah, it's just been kind of surprising. That's a little, a little no, slow. No, I know exactly what it is. Uh-oh. They know that we have boots on the ground in Tucker D. Franklin, who is going to <laughs> well, sniff strike and fear every... them. Oh man, it's like man, we listen. You know, he's he's a shorter guy, not small, shorter guy. So people can overlook him sometimes. Maybe he's just going to kind of slide in there and start to hear rumors. So they they've got their eyes out for him, and that's why they don't want to talk in public. Boots on the ground, literally taking pictures of Andy Reid's boots on the ground and blowing up like a bunch of different Forces. sneaker, a bunch of mm-hmm. different sneaker sites and picked up Tucker's tweet. Um, he he did break the news that Felix Anadike Uzama was not going to be participating in drills. The source was his name wasn't read <laughs> in the building. <laughs> go off, Tuck. Go off, King. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll do a recap of everybody's results, defense and offense on Monday today, though, we got to preview some guys that are going to be, uh, testing later this weekend, the offensive side of the football. We did the defensive side, uh, earlier in the week. We're going to be doing the offensive side today. We're going to start at quarterback, believe it or not. Uh, Mm. we're not going to spend a ton of time because it doesn't really relate to the chiefs all that much. But I did see a report today that Anthony Richardson is a fourth round grade on some people's boards. What? The quarterback out of Florida. I'm just going to say this. If Anthony Richardson light was decided to play tight end today, he wouldn't make it to the fourth round. <laughs> what? This man is an un- absolute freak show, an absolute freak of nature. And we're going to, we're going to call him a fourth round draft grade. No. He might not even be a fourth fourth round draft grade edge. Like this dude is just nuts. This this dude's absurd. But we're rooting for the quarterbacks. To, I think we're all as Chiefs fans rooting for the quarterbacks to perform well. I want to see four quarterbacks drafted in the first ten picks. I think there's a very good chance of that happening. And I am rooting for these guys to test well. I think Anthony Richardson is going to be very fun. Whatever he elects to do this weekend, I am very excited to watch him perform. Yeah, I think, so when you look at just the quarterback room as the whole, right? Uh, Bryce Young is just packing on the pounds and not attempting to do any <laughs> working out, any moving. <laughs> moving is not his friend this, this weekend. But it Or standing like, next to Luke Schoonmaker, by the way. Well, that was a mistake <laughs> that he made. Um, and so, but it sounds like all the other quarterbacks, top name guys have at least said they're going to throw. We'll see what that looks like. And I don't, you don't know who's going to test. Have we, has Anthony Richardson said he's going to test or just throw? I haven't heard he's not going to test. Right. So he should test because I mean, him and Will Levis should test because both are going to test really, really good. And, oh, yeah. you know, it doesn't make sense. But being a quarterback that runs fast and jumping really high is going to adjust what, you know, some people think of you, whether it's just national media or teams or whatever. So both should go out and test. Both should throw. So the quarterback stuff should be fun. It sounds like I said, some guys are going to throw. You're going to get to see what they kind of look like relatively close to each other. I haven't. Look at the lineup. I think there's a few guys in between Levis and Richardson, but Stroud goes right after Richardson. So you'll get to see them throw one after another. So it'll just be nice to see how these guys get out there and throw. And I really hope Anthony Richardson tests. He, they uh, dropped, I think it was Gervin Dexter dropped the quote of how good he was at how that he would have won the dunk contest. And then all of a sudden, all these clips of Anthony Richardson throwing down just at Florida, playing pickup basketball, throwing down dunks have surfaced and whoo, 
Buddy can dunk. So, I mean, not that that means a whole lot, but it also, you can see how athletic he is when you're watching these videos. Yeah, and confirmed, you know, would have won a dunk contest, not what we heard out in Vegas about Baylor's offensive tackle. Now, I, Anthony Richardson's a fun case. Will Levis is a fun case. I'm keeping my eye on any buzz that come out about Hinden Hooker after this weekend. Obviously not going to participate coming off of that ACL injury, but he's going to be there. And he's going to be there talking to teams, interviewing with teams, getting the medicals checked up on. You know, this is also part of the reason why you have the combine. He's going to impress, I think, in the in the room with a lot of these coaches. Seems everything we've heard about him and Hooker loves football. Sharp kid is going to be able to adapt to a lot of different stuff. I think he's labeled as you know basically a spread only guy, and he's an older prospect, so that's going to knock him down. And then on top of that, you've got an injury that's going to further knock him down. He's probably and I, I hate to say definitively, but probably not a guy that's going until maybe late round two early round three probably at the earliest and it's largely because of that injury because of that age so older guy that you're already probably losing a year but man you could tell me you know coming out of this weekend that there's a team that just falls in love with what he's going to bring to the table hoping that that recovery is going to go a little bit better that's going to get him drafted a little higher and it will be entirely because of what he does off the field at the combine this weekend that's the line though um i think so there's five quarterbacks i think if you're even talking about the chiefs picking at 63 you're only gonna get five um i think i think that's the line but tanner mckee slander dude yes (laughs) you're correct I know. <laughs> yeah, man, that's mean. Um, but yeah, I just I think you're I think you're gonna get four potentially in the top ten. And I actually think Will Levis is the one that is the most at risk of being on the outside of the top ten, believe it or not. I think Anthony Richardson's about to blow up. Um and then Hand and Hooker, we'll see where he winds up. But I think that's what you're kind of looking at. And you're just I'm I'm rooting for all these quarterbacks to just really impress NFL teams so we can just push them all uh you know up until uh you know before the chiefs pick so that's that's kind of my anticipation and hope running back position maddie who's blowing the combine up at the running back position well, i think i know I mean, one guy you're looking at this is the this is the easiest one here it's devon a chain running back out of mm-hmm. texas a&m um he is potentially gonna break the combine record um he is that fast and i'm gonna pull it up here real quick because I, I don't want to completely miss the numbers but if i'm not mistaken he ran it might have been wind aided but like a 10 one three or something hundred uh and that was at texas a&m last like track season so like within the last year he just ran that and i think he's run like a 10.19 um a non-win aided at all so he's fast he's really fast this dude can move this dude can scoot and the best the craziest part was he didn't even want to be a track guy he wanted to be just a football player in high school and they're like eh, you know what you're kind of fast maybe you should also run track and he just kept doing it at texas a&m so uh yeah here this is a guy that's gonna go out there he's gonna blow it up um and i think that people are gonna be surprised because you're gonna everyone's talking about wide receivers that we're gonna talk about later for being the fastest guys i think that a chain's kind of like easy money to have the fastest 40 time here a track guy that's still currently running track guess that makes him kind of familiar with getting out of a track stance. And then also the fact he already has the times to back it up. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how close he can get to this. 
My guy that I'm paying attention to at the running back room is Jameer Gibbs at Alabama. He's uh, 5'11", 200, so he's well-built coming from Alabama, but started at Georgia Tech. So this is his final year that he transferred from Georgia Tech to Alabama, and all he did was come into a stacked SEC running back room and start and play really well. He has the ability to make a massive impact as a receiver he really does it's not just as a running back he could be a receiver got the chops to do that but this weekend what you're going to be looking at he reportedly ran a 4-3-2-40 at georgia tech before he came to alabama what does that look like now that he's been at alabama for a year now that he's been training for this for a little while we know he's going to be explosive he's going to light up the vert numbers he's going to light up the broad jump numbers i think he's going to test really well if he runs a three cone he's got enough fluidity in him to where he's going to light that up as well it might be one of those that when we get to the end of this you're going to see you know the the ras scores the ras the relative athletic scores you're going to see him be at or near the top of the running backs and this is a good athletic running back group he just may be good enough in literally every single drill that he might be the top guy coming out of this group just because of everything that he can do. Guys this fast are still chasing to be the number one running back in this draft, and they're probably not going to be able to chase down Bajan Robinson. By all indications, the freakiest, one of the best running back prospects, I think, in recent memory is going to be participating in all drills at the NFL Combine this week. Uh, I think it starts with him. I'm so and like I we joked about low hanging fruit, but like at the same time, we got to like the running backs, like where the running backs start going off the board is going to be fascinating too, mm. because I think Jameer Gibbs has like I, Jameer Gibbs is a guy that could sneak in there in round one. I don't mm-hmm. know if Devin A. Chain can do enough to sneak into round one of the NFL draft. I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it. Too but Bijan B. Robinson, uh, where he goes, kind of where he starts the running back clock for for selections is going to be very very fascinating and it sounds like he's going to go out there and test he's going to do out everything uh and that really can only they can help his stock a little bit potentially um i'm very interested in seeing what that looks like because he is i mean he's a special special talent um, do you think that he's going to blow up the combine i just looking at him play i wait. don't know if he's going to blow up the combine he seems like the guy he one, he's going to be bigger than what i think everyone thinks like he's listed at <laughs> six foot 220 i don't think people realize that he's legitimately six foot 220 yeah. plus like he's a big <laughs> guy but i just i think he's going to be a guy that goes out there and is just good at all the drills not great not elite at any of them and maybe i'm wrong maybe a jump or something he'll hit jumps are always really hard to predict with running backs and especially we're dealing like i said with a 220 pound running back so just I could see him being a good athlete or even a great athlete. I just don't know if he's going to be a guy that's going to jump out as blowing up the combine for the running back position or not. I just, I have a, I'm having a hard time getting a read on how he'll test. I, yeah, me too. I mean, it's going to be great. And coupled with the tape, like he's going to check every box and that's the, right. he's going to go through every single one of those may not be the tops or even, you know, it may be in the top three at a lot of these positions. He's going to check every box as well above average. And then you're going to go look at the tape and go, Oh damn. Okay. That guy is just an elite prospect there. So before we move off a of running back, I'm not Chiefs yeah, are coming off. <laughs> Chiefs are coming off of Super Bowl here. Do you have people? I mean, these guys that we're talking about here are early running backs. Every single one of them that we talked about is guys that are probably going in the first 63 picks. 
do you think the Chiefs target any one of these three? Just calling your shot right now. We got plenty of time to discuss the values of this. Just a simple, quick answer here. Do you think the Chiefs are interested in any of those guys? Can I, can I start? Yes. Okay. No. <laughs> no. They don't need to do that. They have other positions that they need more than a running back, and there's good depth I don't disagree. in day two and three. Don't disagree. No. Sorry, Maddie, um, your rebuttal? Yeah, I think that there's an outside chance that A-Chain, despite maybe breaking the combine record, falls to late day late day two, early day three, just because he might that. he might be under 190 pounds. He might yeah. be under 190 pounds, and those guys don't go early. So if he falls and he's there in round four, I, I hard consider a guy of that on yeah, day three. Sure, I understand sure, sure. you yeah. were answering Craig's question about the top 63. I'm just I'm putting it out there that A-Chain might be small enough that he doesn't go in the top 63 picks. He doesn't go in the top 100 picks. It's just the er- possible. The earliest I'd be happy is the third round, end of third round. That's it. Yeah, it, it, it's only so, for it's legitimately only for one of those three running backs, too. And, yeah. and, and two of them won't be there. Gibbs and Robinson won't be there. I don't think A-Chain will when he <laughs> runs crazy, but there's a chance. Um, so that's just kind of where I stand on it. It's like, I, I think those three guys are enough talent and they would add enough to this running back room to be a good one, two punch with an Isaiah Pacheco that mm-hmm. I would be okay with at the end of round three, if the board fell the right way, I would be all about drafting Devin a chain in round four on day three, like all about it. The chiefs have two round four picks. Uh, they have one in the middle of round four. I think that's the sweet spot for running back. There are some guys that are kind of worth paying attention to that could be available in that range. Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA might be one of those guys. I think he's just an interesting prospect. He's 6'1", 220 in the UCLA guide. We're going to find out what it actually looks like when he gets to the combine. But he's a bigger back that kind of plays to me personally like a smaller back. Like I don't think he plays with the same kind of violence and physicality that you typically see out of bigger backs like that. Um, But he's got, you know, I think he's got some, some athletic profile to him, some fluidity through his hips. I'm curious about the long speed. That's a guy I'm kind of interested in seeing perform at the NFL combine. uh, If he ultimately decides to run all these drills. So that's a guy you're kind of, you're like, you like Charbonnet a little bit, don't you, Matty? Yeah, I think so. And I think he looked a lot better this past year. I think there were some issues of his feet kind of stopping going into contact last year. And this year he fixed that a little bit. He runs, I thought he ran with a little bit more power for a big back this year. So yeah, I, I like him. I, I think he's a good, good quality running back that you snag up in the middle of day three, an early day three, even, and you're real happy with him. You know, if you have to take him day two, I think you're like fine, but I don't, I don't love it then. A guy that I think another running back that I think needs to have a big combine, Zach Evans out of Ole Miss. Yes. Uh, Eric Galco talked with us, you know, about when he was talking about Janon Hazelwood, that he was one of the guys they tried to recruit to straight out of high school to the XFL because he was a freak of nature. Then he got late recruited to TCU because that was the only option left for him. Looked pretty good there. Went to Ole Miss, shared that room with one of the best running back, freshman running backs in the NFL or in college. A little bit of injured, dinged up all year, but he's, he's fast fast as heck. Zach Evans is a quick dude. So I just think he could test well. The medical's got to check out and just see how he looks. He's a guy that has all the physical talent. It's just on field has been a little bit up and down and it all started with, like I said, a little bit of a wonky recruiting process and finding his right fit. But here's a guy that I think could come out and compete for not the fastest running back 40 time, but the second fastest running back 40 <laughs> time. And I think that'll really turn some people's heads when he comes in, you know, over 200 pounds and can do that. 
most of what I'm looking at at running backs are guys that can come in and contribute on third downs. You know, if the Chiefs elect not to bring back Jarek McKinnon again, Isaiah Pacheco is going to get a lot of the early down work and some of the pass down work. I want a guy that has some speed, has some pass catching ability that can just kind of come in in some limited roles, limited package and do that. Kenny McIntosh from Georgia makes a ton of sense bigger guy i know that everybody's kind of thinking of a third down back you're thinking of a smaller guy no he's he's six one two ten like he he he's a much more upright guy um not the same sort of guy that you think about when you're thinking about georgia running backs like he's not gonna pin his ears down and just plow through the pile or anything like that he's got lots of speed and good soft hands at the running back position a guy that would make sense if you're just flaring him out in the flat, if you're trying to get a guy up the seam to try and get a mismatch on a linebacker, he he has some catch radius there being 6-1, and he's got the speed to run by some guys. Could be like a nice little third down weapon on occasion in this Chiefs offense, being a guy that maybe you look at. And some of these similar roles that we're talking about, day three if he lasts that long. couple of notables uh, wanting to keep an eye on Deuce Vaughn at Kansas State. Uh, I think the whole process will be important for him. Medicals, all that kind of stuff will be pretty big for him. Uh, Eric Gray, kind of interested in him. Roshan Johnson, Kendra Miller, those are all guys that I'd be paying attention to, and I'm curious to see how they test as well. Let's move on to the wide receiver position. Uh, let's let's go there. We've spent some time this week talking with Eric Galco a little bit about it. Um, doesn't sound like Jas- Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to be running. I think that's a bad move Eric. for him. <laughs> Scared terrified a little bit uh so, so uh, no, let's let's just talk about that real quick i get yeah. the idea guys been had a hurt hamstring all year long and mm-hmm. you don't want to go to the combine where as the i don't know if the wide receivers are first or second or it, he's with the last name of smith i'm guessing he's probably the second group of wide receivers anyway right so maybe he doesn't want to be up all day and doesn't get to his testing until 5 p.m or whatever it may be like i can come up with rational reasons on why he wouldn't want to test at indianapolis and at the combine that said, it still doesn't look good when everybody's wondering if you run a four, six or not, and you decide not to run and to make it even worse. Statistically, Ohio state's field for forties is bad. They it's a slow, it's a slow testing field. People usually test worse and they're 40 at Ohio state than they do the combine. The combine right now is a fast track. It's a new track second year, you know, that it's been running on this particular track and it looks fast. It is fast right now. He's making a technical error here by not running on a faster track and having to wait. Now, it, this all looks dumb if he goes out and runs a 4-5 at Ohio State anyway, then it doesn't matter, right? Yeah. We just got to wait 20 more days to figure out what he's going to do, but it's a bad look for those 20 days. I mean, and you you got to hope, not hope. Hope is the wrong word here, but for his sake in this instance, you've got to look at that and say, hey, listen, that, that ham, he's just not recovering quickly enough. And maybe he sits down with these teams is like, hey, I'm close. I, you know, I, I, I legitimately need these next 20 days in order to put my best self on the field. This is a job interview. I don't want to jump out in front of this too early, re-aggravate something or run really slow because I haven't been able to train. So that's what you would hope for his sake, because he is a potential first round talent. He's got the capability. He's got the route running ability to do everything that any NFL team could want out of him. It's just the questions about his speed and athleticism are what's looming over him right now. So when you show up to one of the parts of this where you know speed and athleticism and all that are such a big part of it, it makes it 
a troublesome look for a guy that all those questions hover over his head. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, let's look at the Big Four real quick. We did spend a lot of time with the Big Four earlier this week on the KCSN Draft Show, but I want to go around the board. Who do you think helps themselves the most this week? Jalen Hyatt, Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers. Matthew. Um, let's go with Zay Flowers because I don't think people – I think people are slightly underestimating how fast he's going to be. I don't know if he's necessarily going to be the fastest wide receiver here at the Combine, but I think he's going to be a lot closer to it than people are giving him credit for right now. And I think that's going to do a lot for what we perceive as his draft stock right now. So I think he's going to break 4-4, especially on this track. I think he might even be in the mid 4-3s. And I think people are going to look at that and be like, oh, he's even faster than I thought he was based on looking at him on the field. You add that to his polish, the production, and just all the momentum that he's building. I think there's a guy that right now we're, you know, depends on where you're talking to, you're flirting with him in round one. I think you're going to exit Indy and he's going to firmly be a round one pick. So just based purely on the numbers of where he is now versus where I think he'll be in mock drafts coming out. I think that he's going to gain the most ground during this. And a lot of it's going to be, he's going to look really good in the drills and the wide receiver drills. He's going to catch the ball. Well, he's going to run good routes. And I think he'll be faster than what everyone thinks. Jalen Hyatt might be the fastest player at the combine might. He's got a shot to do it. Uh, He is lightning quick if you turn on his tape you see how terrified every defensive coordinator every cornerback he's going up against literally everybody he sees is terrified of his vertical speed that is going to show up at the combine this weekend but what is he going to weigh how is he going to measure while he's there listed at six foot 185 if he's legitimately six foot 185 and he runs as fast as they're predicting that he's going to be 
he is a surefire mid-round one receiver in my book because we've seen guys much smaller than that that ran as fast as he's about to run go that high and be productive. You know, the, every single year you see teams target these guys, Jameson Williams, the Henry Ruggs, you know, you, you see those guys fly off the board early. SEC talent with that kind of speed, with the kind of pedigree that Hyatt has, if he weighs the what he is listed at and is as tall as what he's as listed at and runs that, he he's nowhere near where the Chiefs are going to be picking, in my opinion. I think uh, Jordan Addison can help himself a ton with uh, with his with his linear speed to see just what kind of uh, what kind of long speed he actually has. Um, you know, I I think Maddie's been talking a little bit about you know there's some questions about that a little bit if he's able to you know stack receiver or stack cornerbacks the you know the way you want him to. So uh, I'll keep Jordan Addison at uh, I'll be paying attention to him. Just go around and look at some you know some other receivers. Let's just all pick one other receiver we're kind of interested in looking at. Uh, I got a couple, but if you guys want a second, you're you're welcome to do that as well. Maddie, are you ready? Or you want me to go? Uh, you go ahead and go because I want to pick a group of receivers to separate. Of course, so, uh, you're gonna cl- you're gonna I pick think a that's cluster. That's a lot buster. better than picking one guy. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, fine. Uh, but I'm do gonna you. go. With, I'm gonna go with Parker Washington out of Penn State. Look, I'm a huge fan of his. I very much enjoyed watching him play football. He's a slot type. Um, had some some of his high level tape is exceptional. It's very special. Uh, if you watch him against Ohio state, making some of these catches away from his body, some of the kind of acrobatic stuff that he's been able to do trying to get the football, um, you know, a dense, you know, compact frame. I think he's a pretty good athlete and you know, Penn state has those guys primed and ready for this weekend. Like this is Penn state's weekend right here. And, uh, I don't think that Parker Washington is going to be any different. He's a really young prospect too. He's a guy with, uh, a lot, a lot of football left to play, and uh, I'm just very fascinated to see how this week goes for him. I think he can run well, uh, and if that does happen, boy, he's a he's an interesting day two type kind of slot receiver for me. Uh, if if you see an athletic profile there, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. I don't know you're where Tank Dell's going to go, but he's going to be fun as hell to watch. <laughs> I mean, Tank Dell is a separation creating machine. Basically, every little every little nuance to his route throws people off because he is so explosive. He is so agile. He is so quick that he just kind of naturally creates all of this separation. He would be a guy that would fit really well into an Andy Reid offense that is going to shield him from beating, you know, from having to deal with press coverage. Currently, he's at Houston. I didn't say that. Small guy, 5'8", 163, and he looks smaller than that, even very slender kind of guy. You're not going to put him up. You're not going to put him on the outside and say, okay, go beat press. That's not what you're going to see. You're going to see him utilized in a lot of ways, lining up in the backfield, lining up in the slot, getting in bubble screens, just getting the ball in his hands. When the ball's in his hands, he's fun to watch. Kind of goes down a little bit easy because, you know, he doesn't have a ton of, you know, power or physicality there. But he is fun to watch just because he is so agile and so fast. It's just a guy that makes a ton of sense for Andy Reid and a guy that's going to do a lot of fun things this weekend at the Combine, just in all the drills and everything like that. We talk about guys who move differently. Tank Dell moves differently than a lot of guys. So he's just going to be fun to watch. Uh, hit the like button. If, hit the subscribe button if you're watching, by the way. Appreciate everybody hanging out. Maddie, you could go, I guess. 
Okay, so and I always bunch these three together, and I did it when we talked to Eric Galco, and I'm doing it here because I think this is where you have to separate them. Rasheed Rice out of SMU, A.T. Perry out of Wake Forest, and Cedric Tillman out of Tennessee. They're all ball winners that have had success as vertical receivers, but it's based around more of their size and their ability to win at the catch point than their ability to run by anybody. I don't think any of them excel necessarily in creating yards after the catch, not necessarily the best intermediate route runners or receivers in the in the uh, class right now. So which one of these three guys is going to come out and just separate themselves from the other with their testing, whether good or bad? There's been some buzz that Cedric Tillman's going to come out and test pretty darn well. So I'm interested to see if that's the case. If he can come out and prove to be explosive and have a little bit more speed than I think we saw, especially this last year where he was dealing with an ankle injury a lot of the year, then I think that could really catapult him above the other guys. Rasheed Rice is in a tricky spot because he's going to be smaller than the other two. He's not as tall. I don't think he's as thick uh, as the other two guys. So he really needs to test probably better than them to push his name up there above them and keep above them going forward throughout the whole process because you can't be a six-foot contested catch receiver if you don't have the athleticism to go with it. So it's just those three guys right now are all kind of saddled pretty close together for me, and I really just want to see them. one of them separate themselves as that's the big contested catch guy that I would like of those of that group if you haven't been paying attention to the kcsn channel this week we are draft nuts around here we have all (laughs) kinds of draft content going on right now and we are obsessed with the nfl draft so much that we write a book about it this is our fifth book uh the kcsn draft guides available for pre-order right now uh there's a link in the description of this show you're gonna get 225 write-ups on prospects uh 25 more than 225 actually and how they fit the chiefs so you're going to get Chiefs-specific draft content for you to have for the week. It's a it's a whole book. Uh, it's like over 300 pages when it's all said and done. If you pre-order right now, you're also going to get three months of KCS and Substack to go with it. And all of that's only $12.99. So the link is in the description of the show. If you're watching right now on YouTube, if you're listening on the pod, you know, to the podcast, the link's in the description wherever you are. You can also find it on you know, Twitter and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a great book. We put a lot of work in it. We're obsessed with the draft. It's a labor of love for us, and this is the byproduct of that. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead and click that link if you want to support that. Let's talk a little bit about the tight end position. Uh, it's a very deep group. We see Matt Reeves here. I wouldn't be upset if the Chiefs drafted uh, Michael Mayer, uh, Kincaid, Washington, Musgrave, all these guys. Um Great prospects, some very interesting players. They're all very, very different players. Um, let's talk about those four real quick. Mm-hmm. Who helps themselves the most? Matthew. Uh, ooh. I mean, I guess Luke Musgrave, because he's going to test the best out of the group, right? Like mm. he's got the most available out there for him. He's going to run the fastest. He's probably going to jump the highest. Like he's going to be the guy that puts together the best athletic testing. And while there's been a bunch of reports about this is coming, like this isn't surprising anyone. It's still, once you actually have those numbers in front of you and you're going to look at them and compare him to other tight ends historically, you're going to be like, oh. He's on a different, you know, stratosphere of most guys that play this position. So at the end of the day, I guess he's going to take kind of the biggest jump out of that. Uh, just at least that's my understanding of it right now. It'll be interesting. If he falls short of elite testing, it's going to be a letdown because that's been mm-hmm. a lot of his bill buildup has been like, this is an elite tester. And I think it shows on the field, but if he falls short of being an elite tester, I think it is going to be a bit of a letdown for him. 
I was a little sad that Dalton Kincaid's not going to really take part in the combine, had a small fracture in his back. I think he would have been a guy that really could have helped himself by showing out there. So by default, too, honestly. I think he would have. Yeah. Mm, I, I'm less certain. We get, oh, wait, wait, I don't think, I don't okay, think let's go into I this. Think, I got my I guy know, after this, but go into this. Yeah. I don't know if he's explosive or fast. I think he's very okay. fluid. I think he's very mm, smooth. Very fluid. I don't see him yeah. run away from anybody in the Pac-12. I don't see him create separation via explosion. It's because he gets out of his break quickly, but there's usually a guy right on his back when it's in man coverage. He's not getting away from them at any point in time. So it's just, I don't know. And I'm not saying I think he's a bad athlete. I just, I have a silent with Bijan Robinson. I have a hard time getting a read on Dalton Kincaid. And I, I feel more confident saying that he is not super explosive or super fast for a tight end. And then you add on that he's 240 pounds and not explosive or fast. I don't know. I think he would have been a, we use RAS a lot, the relative athletic score for athletic testing, the gauge stuff. I think he'd be a guy that's in the eights, the low eights. So, which is still good. Which that's still really a very good, good score. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I think the way people talk about him as a great athlete, you're expecting a guy to be in, especially anymore. I mean, everybody that's a good athlete anymore is in the nines. And I don't mm-hmm. think he would get there. Is Mark Andrews any good, Craig? Uh, he's pretty good. Okay. Just yeah. curious. I was just, just, I, just curious. No, uh, so is Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid's a good football player. And I don't think Maddie's saying any different about that, but I maybe I don't know. He's turning up his Andrews nose is right like now. sixteen pounds heavier than Dalton yeah, Kincaid too. True, so I mean, okay, well I'm moving off of Dalton Kincaid here. No, by default, it's the guy that is going to get off the bus first and terrify everybody in Darnell Washington. Like this man is massive. He is. He played at Georgia. He was essentially their third tight end more of an inline blocker as a junior he is 6'7 265 he is a hell of a blocker and a guy that has a crazy wingspan he has all the upside in the world he's still learning to play the position so there's a lot of nuances that you're not going to see from him there's a lot of stuff in the drills that you're going to look at him and be like "Ah, that wasn't so great but you're going to see him go out there and test, and he's not going to light the world on fire. But at the weight that he is and the the size that he is, he is going to have a lot of that density-adjusted athleticism is going to be off the charts. And the fact that, speaking from the chief point of view here, the fact that you can get a guy that you could slot in there day one and just say, hey, buddy, you're our inline tight end. We're going to line you up, play a lot of 12 personnel. You're going to keep Travis Kelsey clean, and you're going to block your ass off. And we're going to teach you through Travis Kelsey and through you know Tom Melvin and all these other guys that are around here. We're going to teach you how to run routes, how to catch the ball, and how to use your size to the best of your ability. That is a guy that I am taking the gamble on 12 times out of 10. Uh, Michael Mary, Michael Mayer is a pretty dense plot pro, uh, prospect as well. I'm, I'm very interested in what he winds up weighing here at the NFL combine. Um, you know, I think he got listed at like 265 at Notre Dame, but, um, he's probably the, I mean, he's, he's, he's kind of your traditional wide, but he's got a lot of flexibility to him. And I, I think he's got some, I think he's got some really good linear traits. I'm curious about some of the agilities and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I all of them are interesting for different reasons. They're all different types of of uh, you know all different types of tight ends. Any other tight ends that you're kind of excited to watch, Matthew? Yeah, Tucker Craft out of South mm. Dakota State. Mm, Just one. because you don't, it's hard to get a read on a you know FCS players uh, 
athleticism when you watch him versus that level of competition. It's hard to get a read on, is he fast? Is he explosive? Or is he just able to out-athlete the guys he's playing against because they're not professional level athletes, right? So it's just hard to get an idea. Does he come out and test like an NFL level tight end or does he come out and test a little below that? And then that's a big, you're just trying to determine if, is this guy going to be a number one tight end and a guy that you build your offense around a little bit? Or is he going to be more of a tight end too? Or more of the final piece that you use just to fill in a role that can catch some passes, block a little bit. So I just, I think he's probably the guy out of the top four, maybe even include the top four guys that we listed that has the most to gain just by how well he runs. This is the first time he's going to be comparing himself athletically to peers at the NFL level. So you're going to see where he stacks up to other NFL level tight ends athletically. And I think that goes a long way for him. Anybody, Craig? No, no. You guys okay. mapped out my knowledge on tight ends. <laughs> Sam Laporta out of Iowa is very, very fascinating to me. I'm interested in what he weighs when he comes in. I'm interested in some of the measurables with the arm length, with the height. Um, I, Cause he's a guy that I think can inline. Um, but I, I also like, I wonder if he's athletic enough and like, I, I think he is athletic enough and I think he can, I think he could play as like your, your, your fullback at times too. Like, I think he's a guy that can kind of have a little bit of versatility to his game. I think he's one of those players that can actually truly play some Y and some F for you. And that's a very nice asset to have. Um, but I'm just, I want to know what he's going to weigh, what he's going to test those kind of things to kind of pair with it, to kind of get a, a picture because I really like his game. Um, a lot. I mean, I've seen him used a lot of different ways and I was horrendous offense, like that poor man, like put him in a different offense in, in college football. I would love to see what that guy would have been able to put together. Um, he's good up the seam. He's good in the screen game. He can stop and start his feet enough where he can kind of be utilized in some of those kind of areas of the field. I think he's got a little bit of hip fluidity, maybe not quite like Don Dalton Kincaid, but I, he's not far off of him, I think, from that perspective. But I think the measurables will be pretty important from him when it comes to height, weight, um, arm length, those kind of things. You're listening to the fastest-growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. All right, time to uh, time to talk about the offensive line. Uh, this is a... nobody cares about this, right? No, nobody no. listening to this cares about this at all, right? Definitely, now. definitely not the tackles right now. Um, I'm kind of 
this is kind of an interesting group because like I we're spending a lot of time talking about them, obviously, because there's like a chance the Chiefs could need one next year or this year, or you know, who knows what the Chiefs are gonna do. Yeah, yeah. who knows? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But I, we're paying a lot of attention to it. And I mean, I think there's guys that we kind of anticipate probably won't be there. Um, I think it just kind of depends. Like maybe there's some guys here that depending on how they test may or might may or may not wind up at uh, in a, in a range for the chiefs to pick. Like we can talk about Broderick Jones. Broderick Jones goes is, is mocked by some uh. to the chiefs at pick 31. Let's get, let's get into that. Yeah. No, no, we don't, need to entertain, we don't need to entertain Mel Kuyper's weird mock draft with Broderick Jones falling to 31. And if that happens, I don't care what the Chiefs do with Orlando Brown Jr. They still should not tag him either way, but they Just, should 100% still draft Broderick Jones. Yes. <laughs> Easily. Run to the Done. podium, draft him, move on with your life. Massive dude, elite potential at tackle, crazy length, moves like dudes that his size shouldn't move, like would fit perfectly with what Patrick Mahomes wants to do in the pocket. He played left tackle at Georgia. Like, I... Mel Kuyper had him fall into 31 and selecting him. And I saw Chiefs fans get really excited about that. And I get it, man. Yeah. I'd be ecstatic if he did. <laughs> I'm shaving Kent's head live if this happens. I, oh, I no. did not agree would to let this. You. Kent would let I, you. That's see, how Craig excited agrees. he would be. Kent would yeah. let me. So, yeah. so I, do a reverse Mohawk. It's not happening. And I think you're going to see why this weekend at the combine, like mm-hmm. he's going to move well. He's going to test really well. And he's going to look great in the drills just because he's got good movement skills. And he, at that size, at that length, he's going to be coveted by almost every single GM in the NFL. So I don't see him make it to 31 at all. Can Paris Johnson do anything to be OT one in this draft, Matthew? I mean, he might be anyway, but like to cement himself as a one OT one or be the OT one, or is it just going to be Broderick? I mean, I I guess if he I mean if he goes out there and outtests him, I think he'll be bigger. Like he'll be bigger. He might be his taller. He's probably going to be a little bit thicker. He's going to look thicker because Broderick Jones is a relatively lean offensive tackle. And so if he goes out there and outtests him, essentially, like I think that's going to go a long way. Both guys are still relatively raw. They need to develop. So. You know, I could see plenty of teams. I, I don't think it's going to be a consensus one way or the other, but I could see plenty of teams coming out and being like, okay, well, if they tested the same or if the bigger, longer guy tested and more athletically, then he's, you know, potentially the OT1. Um, for me, I don't think it'll change. I think there's enough grace period between the two and how good I think Broderick Jones will test that there's a, a very unlikely chance that Paris Johnson overtakes Broderick Jones. I mean, is there is there any concern about Paris playing left tackle for just one year after switching to right guard and looking good? Don't get me wrong, looking really good versus Broderick being, you know, the starting left tackle for back to back natty champs. Well, he only he only started like three games last year for Georgia. Yeah, it was just in spot. He essentially yeah. only started one year at left tackle as well. Um, he might have spot started at right tackle as a true freshman. I don't remember, but neither one of them have played a lot of games. Right. So you're dealing true. with raw prospects either way. I think that Broderick Jones, while inconsistent, I think he shows a more natural feel for playing tackle than Paris Johnson does, but that's also because he didn't play guard for an entire season too. So you can't go wrong with either one, right? And we might as well just throw him in there. Peter Skaronsky, I have him above Paris Johnson right now. I get the arm link. He won't be for every team. The Chiefs would probably not consider him an offensive tackle at all because he's going to have like 32 and a quarter inch arms, right? That's just so far out of what they normally go for. I don't know if they would love him at offensive tackle. 
I do. And I think, look at the Northwest guys lately. We always talk about Penn State. Look at Northwestern guys. Those dudes test like crazy. So Peter Skronsky is going to test like crazy too. And no one's going to talk about how good he tests because he's going to come out and have 32 and a half inch T-Rex arms. Yeah. I mean, you know who else had short arms? Rayshon Slater. He's doing okay. He's doing tackle. He's doing all right. All right. There's this cluster. Like we're talking about clusters. Maddie's talking about clusters. There's this little pocket of guys here that could wind up in round one, could wind up past 31 where the Chiefs are picking. Like this is the the sweet spot, I think. There's five tackle prospects that are it's gonna get interesting here. Anton Harris Air, Harrison out of OU. Uh Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. Dewan Jones out of Ohio State. Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse, Jalen Duncan out of Maryland. They all have different reasons to be excited, you know, to, to slow down some concerns. Like there's a lot of narratives here. I think like who helps themselves, who can help them, who can help themselves the most in this group, Matthew, is it your boy? Which one's my boy? Baylor. I mean, Duncan? He, he, <laughs> uh, nah, uh, this is hard, right? Because I think all of these guys can actually help themselves a lot. And it's just kind of for different reasons. Like, uh, yep. does Dewan Jones come in here and just showcase that he can move? Like, literally just move and Not even a good, just a baseline level. Because that's going to go a long way. If you're 350 pounds with his wingspan and arm length, then you can just move at a quality NFL level. That means a lot. If Anton Harrison comes out and is one of the best movers, one of the most explosive guys with, I think, some of the highs that you see on tape with his footwork and ability, his lateral quickness, then and realize that he's the youngest tackle here, all of a sudden he starts to look really good. Jalen Duncan, can he be over 300 pounds? Because really, I, don't, <laughs> I know you can test well, just can you be over 300 pounds? Like All of these guys can make up a lot of ground here for different reasons. So it's just which one does. Or if they all do, which is your flavor? Do you like the massive Dewan Jones that can move a little bit? Or do you like the you know quick-footed Anton Harrison that's maybe got a little bit more upside but might need some more time? Can, can you tell the type of tackles that we all like? You know, Balin, Duncan, Kent loves Anton Harrison. These two want guys that can move and move really, really yeah. well. And are young. <laughs> and are young. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, those two guys would be great. Great additions to the room and guys that are probably – it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very curious to see where the run on tackle starts how many go in the first round there all of these guys like if you told me that the chiefs called any of their names at 31 i'm not going to be shocked i really am not like if the chiefs decided to spend a pick on one of these dudes it makes sense i'll go and i'll talk a little bit about uh darnell Wright, just because i'm a guy that i've really enjoyed watching primarily a right tackle but played some left tackle as well this man's just fun as hell to watch in, in some of the same way that um that I really liked watching the Oklahoma State tackle, whose name is escaping me right now after a very long week, Tevin Jenkins, a couple years ago. And so I I really like watching the fierceness that he plays with, the ability to put guys in the dirt, to basically be a mauler, be mean, assert his dominance from the right tackle position. And if the Chiefs were very content with what they were getting out of Orlando Brown Jr., and they were very content with him as a prospect, a guy like Darnell Wright makes a ton of sense to stick in there at 6'5", 330, out of Tennessee, 
has enough length to play for Andy Reid. Not going to be the best mover of the arc. You're not going to be one. You're not going to mistake him for Anton Harrison. Not going to mistake him for Jalen Duncan. But a guy that I think will move well enough and is going to be very strong. I think he's going to show that in some of the drills that he could be a guy that's smart, strong, and capable of playing for the Chiefs at right tackle this week. I do agree with you what you said earlier, though, Matt. I think all five of those guys can really help themselves in a big, big way. And that, I think, kind of bodes well for the Chiefs in some ways. In some ways, it doesn't. Like That's a, str- that's a really strong group that you want to see continue to validate themselves, though. Because I think all of them could, when it's all said and done, sneak into the back end of first of the of the first round or better or better than that um and i will just say this and that we talk, i think we talked about this I mean a couple of weeks ago i think we did talk about this a couple of weeks ago that you know whatever happens with orlando brown jr if he gets tagged this year and they plan to move on after this year if they sign him to an extension um if whatever happens if they trade him whatever I think tackle is a position you look at in round one, regardless at you look for the right tackle, potentially um, rich, get richer. You can look for the replacement for Orlando Brown in an Eric Fisher situation. Obviously if they trade him, they're probably going to have to look for a left tackle. So uh, I just, I, it's going to be, I think this is a position to pay attention to regardless of what happens in the Orlando Brown jr. Situation. Um, and that's a, that's a group that, I mean, there's, there's some very interesting prospects there. Interior offensive lineman. Hang is on, there, before we move oh, off, yes. because we didn't talk about him, it was the last guy in that group, Dewan Jones. And if mm. if we're talking about size, we're talking about length, we're talking about an Andy Reid tackle. Guess who checks every single box for Andy Reid? It's Dewan Jones. Yeah. As a matter of fact, yeah, people are gonna they're gonna look at him and say, "Oh, that guy looks a little bit like Orlando Brown Jr." Yep, he does a little bit like Orlando Brown Jr. A little heavier feet. Dewan Jones this weekend, if he moves well is going to be a coveted piece. Dewan Jones could have an Orlando Brown-style combine this weekend, though. And if he does, you might see a guy like that fall. So we talk all the time about combine risers, guys to keep your eye on. If they hit certain metrics, this is another situation where if a guy of that size, weight, and the heavy kind of feet that he has, if he shows up and does not perform well, might be a guy that falls into the end of day two now all of a sudden all three chiefs interior offensive linemen are coming back guaranteed they have the one of the best interior offensive lines in football maddie lane you have like a quick speed round to just throw out any quick interior offensive line names that you want to get to and then we're going to get out of here uh well actually nick saldaveri uh offensive tackle from old dominion but he played guard too so he's played guard at the senior bowl they played him at center and guard not at offensive tackle no you're laughing but i pick him because i think he's a guy that you draft him huh it's just a little it's a little matty answer no it's not there's nothing matty about this because if you draft him you're getting the floor (laughs) of a utility offensive lineman you're getting the floor of nick allegretti but you have mm-hmm. the potential, the ceiling that he develops into a tackle. He's got a little bit shorter arms. His footwork in space needs work. And I don't know if you can fix it or not. So if you can't fix it, he's a guard. If you can fix his kick slide, if you can fit, calm his feet down a little bit in space because they're after they move well, they're just a little wild. They're inconsistent. He wastes motion out when he's out wide. So I just think that he could play guard or tackle. For the Chiefs, he probably is looked at as more traditionally as a guard, but they might give him a chance to win a spot at tackle first. And he's just a guy that I really like. So he's he's one name, and I think the Chiefs too. But how many offensive guards do the Chiefs have that haven't played tackle? Like seriously, how many offensive guards have Andy Reid ever used that never played tackle in college? 
Um, and besides that, uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, if you want to tell me that you wanted to draft an interior offensive lineman to replace Joe Tooney in one year from now at the end of round and in round two, there's one name that I would consider in round two, Cody mock. I would consider Cody mock to play left guard in a year from now for Joe Tooney. Now it's a little scary. He's going to be like 29 years old after one year of not playing. Um, so he's not a young guy, but I think the athleticism is there. And I think Andy Heck could do a lot with him in that year off. So he's just a guy that if he starts falling down the draft board a little bit and maybe same thing, maybe you can make it work with him at right tackle. I doubt it, but maybe you could, but if not, you get a potential replacement for Tooney as he gets real expensive. I, I will say really quick about Cody Malk. I do think that there is a chance. I, I know you're like a little hesitant about, you know, maybe kicking him out to tackle, but like he might be a guy that maybe is a little bit more utility type uh in, in his first year in kansas city so i don't know if i hate the idea of that one we have him graded as an interior offensive lineman uh but yeah you know maybe maybe they don't maybe they maybe if they need him in a pinch that they can you know they have someone with a little bit more of that flexibility too that is going to do it for the kc laboratory we will be breaking down the results of the nfl combine both offense and defense on monday and any rumors that might come before then Hopefully there's some, cause that's a lot of fun. Uh, but we are full speed ahead with the NFL draft. It's been an absolute blast already. And we can't wait to talk more about it. And we'll be doing that here on, on the channel. Thank you so much. We'll catch you later.